0: Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today in our study of Isaiah 53, 7 through 12, we're going to be finishing up our study in Who Are You, Lord? This is part four. It's been a really good study. Um, Probably could have been released around Christmas time, but that's just not how it went. So here we are. Um, Today, we are going to be reading from the ESV. I encourage you to follow along. We're not gonna be reading the passage, but again, it's really helpful if you follow along. So today we're going to see a few things happening to the servant. The servant obviously being Jesus Christ. We are first going to be seeing suffering and then glorification. And this is a really big passage. Especially when it comes to our Lord Jesus Christ, this theme of suffering and then glory. And we as believers, obviously we model after this. You know, it is a cross and then a crown. Um, You see Jesus, he washed the disciples' feet, he was nailed to a cross, and then he was raised glorious. You know, not the other way around. So, and really, that reminds me of the first shall be last, you know. It's just it's a really big theme, especially in the New Testament, but obviously we're going to see it's big here too. So first, the suffering of the servant. So looking at this, we realize that Jesus had a way out, but yet he pressed on. And so we don't really understand this fully, I don't think, but a good way to picture this is running on a treadmill versus running in a circle. So the way my neighborhood is, is it has like a loop around, and so if you run, you can do the loop, and it's a little bit less than two miles. So it's a good little run to do. Um... Whereas running two miles on a treadmill is a lot harder because there's always that stop button, you know. You can always say, alright, I'm done. Whereas if you're on the loop, you know, you got to get home, you know. Who wants to make that call home, you know, hey, can y'all pick me up, I don't want to finish this run. You know, no one wants to do that. But if it's on the treadmill, you know, no one's judging you, no one's looking, you know, you just press stop, stop, get off, you know. But whereas in the loop, you know, there's no way out aside from finishing. But for Jesus, he had a way out. He easily could press the stop button on his suffering. And really, the Pharisees were encouraging to him too. You know, they're like, if you are the son of God, call down angels. And you know, if that were me or you, we probably would have done it and be like, see, eat it, Pharisees. You know, because these are annoying people, you know, these guys are making fun of you when you're dying for them. You know, that's that's not cool. But Jesus, he went through it. He liked running on a treadmill, but He actually finished it, you know, and obviously I don't want to compare Jesus suffering to running on a treadmill, but hopefully you get that picture of the way out. You know, there was always a way out for Jesus, but yet he kept on going, which proves that his suffering was even more intense, you know, and the most faithful man in history, the most faithful man in the history of the world, this man, Jesus Christ, he was forsaken By his own people. These Pharisees, they were supposed to be helping maintain this covenant between God and man. And really, they helped enshrine the new covenant by nailing the high king of heaven to the cross. And we see that Jesus, he was forsaken by God himself. You know, you see Jesus, he's forsaken by his own people. Now he's forsaken by God. And this is a different kind of forsaken than what the people of Israel did to Jesus. The people of Israel, they owed Jesus allegiance and loyalty. You know, he's their Messiah. He is the one who's dying for them. But God, really, he was righteous in forsaking Jesus because Jesus willingly became the criminal for us. He took our penalty. So God ought to have been wrathful towards someone because we sinned. And Jesus said, I will take this punishment. So God, in being just, he had to punish someone. And in a sense, Jesus deserved the punishment because he willingly took it. He said, I'm going to pay it. And so he followed through with it. Someone deserved the punishment. And Jesus said, That'll be me. And so now we, as God's people, do not deserve wrath. That's why we can't lose our salvation because our sins have been paid for as followers of God. You can't pay for sins twice. That's why we teach, that's why I believe that if you, are someone who says you're a Christian and then you're not, you were not actually saved. Because if Jesus paid for your sins, you cannot go to hell anymore, you know? Jesus paid for him. It's already done. The, if you murdered someone and someone else carried out the life sentence for you, you know, you're not going to carry out the life sentence too. And that's what we did. We murdered Jesus, but he took that punishment. We nailed him to the cross But now our sins are paid for. And so because of that suffering, because Jesus took on the full wrath of God, he didn't take the way out, we now have the glorification of Christ. We see, out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. That's really a crazy passage that we're reading. Out of verse 11, straight from there, we see that Jesus did it. The sins of all God's people, they are nailed to the cross, and we bear them no more. You know, I'm thinking of the words of it as well, you know. We see that the rewards of the redemption work are pictured in military terms, too. We see divvying up the spoils. And that's important because Jesus isn't the only one with rewards. And so you may be thinking, like, why? We didn't do anything, you know, but the many that we're seeing in this passage, therefore I will divide him a portion with the many coming from verse 12 and he shall divide divide the spoil with the strong. You know, that's referring to God's people, believers. Jesus is dividing a portion with us and we get to share in Christ's glory as we alluded to earlier. If we share in his suffering, that is a really big theme throughout the New Testament. You know, we see this. Take up your cross and follow me. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's the theme, a really big theme of the gospel. We find our purpose when our purpose is found in our Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we're wasting it. It is a wasted life if it's not found in Christ. And we need to model Christ in how we view the future. You know, we were just talking about our present. You know, how we are to not waste our lives. Rather, find our identity, our purpose, our security in the Lord Jesus Christ. But we also need to find a future in Christ. Throughout Scripture, men and women of faith remember what's ahead of them. That's... Especially in the coming episodes, we're going to be seeing just how important the future is for God's people. And this just is not taught enough today. We don't look to our future inheritance. The farthest we look in our future is to our 401k. You know, that's not okay. We try all these self help plans, ways to ease stress, but we fail to realize what's ahead of us. That's such a blessing to us that we just neglect. You want the cure for anxiety, remember your far future. All we think of is the near future, and that's what gets us worried. But we need to be able to look past that and see that we have an inheritance. We have so much unnecessary stress because we just don't think about our future. You know, now. I'm not saying that, you know, your life is just going to be this blissful, you know, you're not going to feel any pain, any worry at all. You know, there's you're going to live life, you know, but at the same time, don't make it harder than it has to be. Remember that you have an inheritance. That's what Jesus did. He remembered what was ahead of them. If you read through Jesus before he washes his disciples' feet, you see in John that he remembered that all things were given to him. He remembered his identity, where he was, and that was how he was able to fight and be obedient and lay himself down for us. And so we as Christians need to realize where we stand. We have a future with Christ, and so now we can live and rejoice in Him, and share that joy with others. Thanks for listening to another episode of Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out at our website, adoptedbelievers.com, for episodes and other resources. And like us on Facebook at Adopted Believers.